Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. We are talking about today is, is thy kingdom come, thy kingdom come, uh, you know, and Jesus, Jesus talk, spoke about this prayer and when they, they, they asked Jesus around, uh, I'll teach us how to pray and Jesus said, Jesus said, you know, you should pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Now, one of the things which it's important as we, as, as we, as we understand what Jesus is talking about when he talks about the kingdom. Kingdom is just a, um, it's the bringing together of two words, king and dom. That's king and his dominion. So that means that he's a king and he's willing to extend his dominion. He's taking his dominion into another level. Or that's why the book of Isaiah says that to, uh, his kingdom will know no end. So the, the reach of his kingdom, the kingdom of God is expected to be on the increase. Is expected to be on the increase. And most of the time, I know we 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 have mentioned this a couple of times, but because but I just think that it is it is important that we we keep you know I, I I have a feeling that if Jesus were to be alive today, he would not call church church. He would probably call it something else. Because when church was not a word from heaven. It would what he was calling them in those days was a, a ecclesia, which is like a group of young people who are like a parliament and they make decision on what happens in their environment. So whatever they agree is what happens in that environment. So Jesus probably will not call it church. But I you know when the name becomes so familiar that you know you you you, you is as if is as if when you when when you see um, an old black American and, you, and you, you, you mention the word Negro to them, he means a lot. Or nigger, it means a lot. You could see them very close to tears. But now you now see boys, now that's why how, oh my nigger, at least, like, I know it's, it's, it's just, you know what What has happened? Because the word has so become, so that they've now become a generation whereby, you know, uh, it's, it's a good name to kind of, but if you speak to an old man who saw when those days, when they could not vote, when there were some places you could not enter because you're black, that same word means something different to them. So at times you kind of feel that what do we call church and what is Jesus thinking is church? Because we, we and, and, and that's one of the things that when you, it's important that we, we, we come back to, to the essence of what they said, why they said it. You know, I, I, was, I, I would say to us about, um, about Psalm 51, and I'll say that yeah, David will say, do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. This was after he, he, he slept with his um, with the, the wife of Uriah and Nathan, uh, and, and not, um, the prophet Nathan came to him and said, this is what God is saying. And David said, do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. I, I was teaching in a church last Sunday, and I said to them, or two Sundays ago, and I said to them, I said, do you really want God to answer that prayer? Because what David, David's sin committed a crime. And David said to God, take away everything, I don't care, but don't take your spirit away from me. So basically what David is saying, you can take the palace, you can kill my children. In fact, the Bible says that after the child died, David came back to life and was rejoicing. So imagine, so if you were to put it side by side by what we have now, imagine you are the first, which David was, the first, 
king in his own generation. Imagine you are, you are all um, uh, blacks here. When, when assuming Teddy becomes the prime minister of England and he did, did something wrong, and Prophet Nathan walked up to him and said, God said you should choose one between this prime minister's position or you go back to your village. You, I'll take away this financial position and you go back to your village. Oh, the Spirit of God. Question, what will you choose? <laughs> so at least when we read these things, and David, when he was writing it before God, he was saying, I don't care. Take everything away from me. I don't want them. All I just want is your spirit. And you know, when you read that psalm, and I'm, I'm, I'm wrong, I'm not God, but I just feel that, you know, because he's looking at the same person that wrote, wrote the psalm and he's saying, is that really what you want me to do? If I respond to what you just heard, would you be happy with it? If somebody said to you, God choose, just said you should choose one between being the prime minister of this nation that you are now, at least I can say, ah, you know, God knows I'm the only first black person that will ever become prime minister of this nation. God knows how much I have been fighting to get this position. But David said, Nathaniel said, nothing, that, 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 that's what he said. And Nathan said, he, he, told, he responded to Nathan, said, tell God, take everything, but just leave your spirit to me. And when you understand that, I place that side by side by what we are presenting. I think God is like, don't go there. Or you can take the prayer of Daniel. People talk about the Daniel fast. And you know, Daniel fasted. Which is great. But if you look at what Daniel fasted on, Daniel chapter 9, it was called Daniel read the Bible. He did not understand the prophecy of Jeremiah. That is all. And the Bible says he, he put himself into fast. And he was fasting. And Daniel was not fasting for He wasn't fasting for anything. He was just reading the Bible. He wanted to understand the prophecy according to the um, prophecy of Jeremiah. And he began to fast. How many people have I've read the Bible to a point where I don't understand this. I said, God, until you answer me and understand this thing, I will not eat. <laughs> and people say, ah, I went down earlier. You have no clue what I know. Pastor, God. <laughs> Do you get what I'm trying to say? So at times, at times we need to we need to understand the background between these things as we say them. You can fast your own fast. It's not a problem. But maybe you should not be saying you are fasting Daniel fast. Because you are fasting for motto, for good life. And Daniel is saying, I am fasting. I don't understand what this scripture says. God wants you to give me light. And that's why when the angel came in Daniel, uh, Michael came in Daniel, uh, Gabriel came in Daniel chapter 10. They, they, he said to him, he said, since the day you have set your mind to try to understand God has answered it. He said, but when I was bringing the response, he said, an angel stopped me on the way. That shows you how difficult, how, how challenging at times is God will give you insight. He said, the devil will stop you from having insight in concerning the scriptures. That is why at times, you see, it is the time, the time of Simon, at times, in, in, to some people, it's a time to take a nap. And Daniel did not stop fasting until he understood. That was why when the angel came, he said to him, since the day you set your mind to understand this thing. God has challenged me also before. When I went out, I was also doing that. He said, excuse me, sir. <laughs> do you think that you can do like two days fast, three days fast, just because you don't understand scripture? When was the last time you fasted to understand scripture? I said, <laughs> Oduwa, he won you more. Hallelujah. You know, you know the prophet said that, um, can these bones live? He said, God, you are the only one that knows. God, that fasting, you are the only one that understands. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, 
When we go to Luke chapter 9, verse 2, he said, the Bible says, and he sent them house to send them, he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. If you read Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, and this is what I wanted to point also point out, is he said, and this gospel of the kingdom. So that means that there is also a gospel that is not the gospel of the kingdom. So when Jesus was sending them out, Jesus said, I am not asking you to preach everyone. I'm asking you to preach this one. Not every other one that you have. So this kingdom one is what I want you to preach. This kingdom one is what I want to preach. So basically, and it says, I want you to go and tell the world the good news. And I'm just going to just, is that, it is basically the God himself reigning in, in the lives of people on heart. We're getting somewhere with this. And that was what Jesus said, that is where you should, what your prayer should be about. In fact, Jesus said, thy kingdom come. The last bit of that prayer is when he said, give us this day our daily bread. The first thing is, let your kingdom come. Then the last bit is, give me daily bread. I was telling one of my girls one day, I said, it looks as if when we read the Bible, most people read Arabic. Do you know how Arabic is read? It's read from the, the back. So when God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and every other thing shall be added to you, when we read it, we read, we read add uh, everything added to me, then I will seek the kingdom of God. <laughs> I said, I said, I said, I said, that's what I think people are reading. They are reading Arabic. <laughs> what, what is written in English? So they start from the back to go forward. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, now I want to point out a couple of things as I just bring this home. Is that when you go to Genesis chapter 28 from verse 17, or 16, 16 the Bible says that the Bible says that Jacob was asleep. And he woke up all of a sudden because he saw angels going back and forth from heaven on earth. And he said, in, in verse, um, verse 17, then, then he, said, he said, he was afraid, and he said, how awesome in this, is this place? This is no other than the house of God, the gate of heaven. I want you to understand that that place was a place he was sleeping. It was not a building. This is the first pronunciation of the house of God. It wasn't a building. It was a place where angels was going up and down. When he began to see angels come up and down. And what did the Bible say? What did he say? He said, this is no other than the gate of heaven. What is a gate? There are different scriptural times to it, but I would say to, let's not look at it from a common point of view. A gate, help, a gate is, now, it did not say the house of God contains a gate. He said, this is the house of God. He said, he said, no other than the house of God, this is, so that means the house is the gate. Does that make sense? Now, what is a gate? A gate brings you from one... If you want to enter this house, assume this door is the gate. So that door ushers you from to come in and to go out. So he's saying that this house of God is like the entrance into heaven. It is the gate that once you step into it, you step through it into heaven. That's why when he said, this house, this thing is no other than the gates. 
of heaven. Do you know when Jesus used this last same statement? Jesus said, on this rock will I build my church. And the gate of hell. What is gate? That opens into one realm from another. So he said, the church is to dispose the gate of hell. That's the gate that leads people into hell. And there's another gate that leads people into heaven. Does this make sense? So we see here that the Bible says that, it says, it says this, no, this shall be no other place than the gates of heaven. You know, so let me just say this so that the church is meant to be, it is a gate. That opens when you are, when once you enter it, you begin to step into, you cannot enter into this part of the school except you step through the gate. And that is what the church ought to be. But I want you to understand what was happening there. What, what did he see? He saw angels going up and down, up and down. And he said, you know, this place signifies something. Then he called the place. Better. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. So that first of all tells us how the kingdom of God wants to come, wants to have contact with the heart. Because what he saw was the kingdom of God launching on on on, um, on the heart. If you go to our previous church at the entrance of of the church. I um sorry there's a sign there that says this is the house of God, the gates of um the gates of heaven. This is the house of God. And I can remember one day there was a, someone that um that's very dear to me. You know, when we started then there were different opinions about why we started and things like that. And and it was if he went to a meeting when Certain things were discussed. And he came home and was about to sleep. And he heard God say, Basically, don't stumble into me. He said, God, what, what, what is that? I said, whatever you went to say or they said in that place, I love you, that's why I've accepted you. He said, but this is what I want you to go and tell that boy. This scripture, when you get to the place, tell him this is what, tell him, first of all, confess what you did. And tell him what, so when he came, he just called me that night. I said, okay, let's see him, church, when we go to church. So he now gave me that scripture. I said, I said, God, I've just spoken to you. I said, it's a confirmation that God has spoken to you. So I brought him the, the sign. And I said, that scripture that you are quoting, this is it. So when God started the church, he was interested in a gate, a door that is an entrance that will launch you from one hand of a, a one part of the world into another one. So the church is not the church is not necessarily uh, it is it it is it is not particularly about a location it's important that we understand that is more than that in fact this thing was what peter was struggling sorry paul was struggling with as he was speaking to the church when he was saying to them if you go to acts i skipped a, a, a couple now if, if you go to um if you go to hebrews chapter 12 from verse 18, David, um, he was saying to them, he said, you have not come to the mountain that you can touch, or that is burning with fire, to darkness and to gloom and to the storm. Yes, go to verse 22. He says, but you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God. Now, why did he start from He said, He said, you may not necessarily be seeing those fires here. In fact, you may not see anything. But he said, you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to, um, you have come to the thousands upon thousands of angels in a joyful assembly. 
to the church of the firstborn. So what was he saying is that he said, don't think that because you have you've seen no 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 particular structure. He said, don't miss it. He said, yes, Moses, there was a mountain where Moses was speaking, where fire would be coming out. And he's saying, don't miss it. He said, you have come to a mountain that has innumerable angels. You have countless angels at work. I tell people at times, you know, there are some places that you may get to, and you know, angels are there and they are just on vacation. Because there's nobody engaging them. Nobody doing anything. I would just say, you know, and maybe some angels come back to heaven. I just imagine this is my own imagination. You know, angels come back to heaven and they are walked out. And some angels come back and you are going for a day camp. And he said, you know, we prefer to go to that church too. <laughs> because then you just, you just enjoy. You come, you pack your bag, you sleep. <laughs> And when they are ready, they tell you they are going, and you say bye-bye. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, now, when you read, and now please, can somebody read um, the, the King James Version for me of Acts chapter 7, verse 37. Now, when the Israelites were going in the wilderness, so just because this transition is is written a bit differently, but you will see that verse 38. He says, He says, It was okay from verse 37. He says, This is the Mo, this is the Moses, this is the Moses who told you, who, who told the Israel, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from my own people. Verse 38. This is he who was in the congregation in the wilderness. With the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai. Yeah, another version will tell you the church that was in the wilderness. I don't know if anybody has that version. The church that was in the wilderness. Uh, a version will tell you an assembly in the wilderness. So as they were going through that wilderness, as far as God was concerned, a church was on the move. A church was on the move. Why was the church on the move? Because the, the, the presence of God was upon that ground. And as they continued to move, that was quite important the way God saw it. And that is why Jesus said, and like we read, said, he said, he said, he said, when Jesus, when Jesus said, who do people call me? He said, um, some call you Elijah. And Peter said, you are the son of God. And Jesus said, Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. And, and verse 18, that is Matthew 16, 18. He says that, I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, the church was not built on Peter. The church is built on the revelation of who Jesus is. That's why when Jesus, when he said, I, I can believe, sorry, he said, he said, he said, he said, you are Jesus, the son of God. Jesus said, yes, on this rock, on that revelation is what I will build my church. And the gates of hell cannot prevail. The church that's the foundational truth is to show Jesus as the son of God is a church that cannot be defeated. When you see church is defeated, you need to check what, what the foundation is. I'm not saying, please don't get me wrong. I'm not a foundation. Foundation is not, I'm not even talking about what they do there. Because I know that people are already looking at That's, that is, you know what I'm trying to say? But see, you can be, if, your, if Jesus is not totally expressed, I was teaching about doctrine a couple of weeks ago, and I said, a doctrine that does not express Christ is a danger against the church. A doctrine, a doctrine is not meant to overshadow Jesus. 
A doctrine is meant to express Jesus. When Moses puts the staff of snake, bronze of snake, and people were looking at it and they were getting healed, it was representing, it was a picture of Jesus. But a king came and took that staff and smashed it on the floor. And people said, hey, you have done a bad thing. And God said, because you have done this. And he began to bless him. Why? Because they now turned that to an idol. It was something that God himself started. But when he begins to take a picture of God, when it becomes the answer to prayers, rather than a representation of who God is, then there's a problem. Think you know what I'm trying to say? Because except, see, except the foundation is expressing Jesus, the little that I know, and God gives me the privilege to sit with elders within the fold. You know that, you know, and I don't talk, I just say, you know, her daddy condition, you know, the right. No, so you see, you know, the right. All I'm saying to us, the Bible supports doctrine. God propounds them. But he never made them to become a substitute for him. When a doctrine becomes a substitute for Jesus, it becomes idol worship. No matter what you are calling them. May God grant us in grace. Amen. I was at a church one day and no, I was, yeah, I was at the church. I was co-pastoring it in uni days then. And of course, because we are so many, it was unification. There are so many then. There were about six, seven hundred people. And so when we were clearing the church, and I saw somebody's Bible. So I was just clearing the church and said, you know, let people go with just try to tidy your things. But then I opened that Bible. Ah! And I saw Kewu that has covered the scriptures. Names of angels that is, that is written over the word of God. <laughs> See, may God grant us understanding. Amen. I was like, this is sad. This is sad. All I'm saying is that if so that is why you don't we need to express teach the doctrine make people see the light in it and then be able to understand this is how Jesus works when when the understanding is is lit is 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 you know there was a day when I've seen places where Timothy Bay cross Wally and somebody had cancer and as that cross passed that person got healed it's not magic but when you teach the understanding of what they are carrying see it is not the cross that has problem it is you know they gave up a um, um, sorry, the rod of Aaron. Sorry, the rod of um, Elijah. See, Elijah, Elijah. That they went to uh, Elijah. That they went to lay on that child. That child did not wake. It wasn't the rod that had problems. It was Gehazi that had problems. So what I'm just saying is that we need to ensure that this gospel is preached. We are talking about expanding. We're talking about the kingdom of God coming. 
So Jesus said, I just want to also quickly say that, you know, Jesus said that on this rock will I build my church. Now there are two levels of churches. Sorry, there are two, not... The church has subsets. Jesus determined the two. Jesus, see, Jesus first of all said in Matthew 16, he said, I tell you, Peter, on this gate will I build my church. This church here is talking about the universal body of Christ. But Jesus now went to the local church. He taught both the general church and he taught the local one. So what I'm trying to say is that people who say that, you know, Jesus, that he, 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 you, you have no clue what he taught. He taught people about the local church. But Jesus did not expect somebody to be part of the body of Christ and not have a local church. That's why when he said, when somebody does something wrong, call him. If he doesn't answer, call two or more people. If they don't answer, call the elders of the church. He said, if they don't answer, tell that person before the church and chase them out. <laughs> See, people, it's important that we understand what Jesus is teaching. The only thing Jesus taught about the local church, please go and read your Bible. The only thing Jesus taught about the local church is how to exit. The only thing Jesus taught about the church is how to tell people to say, excuse me, thank you, you can, you can use the Bible. But people don't teach you that. See, there was a day when I felt God laid something. I said, you cannot love people more than I do. So if I tell you this is what I am saying, no matter what you think, it's your opinion. Because when I say this, and you think because you love them more than I do, it doesn't work. I just wanted to make that clear, that Jesus both spoke about the two. The body of Christ as a group, and he expects people that are part of the body of Christ to have a local church they belong to. That is the teaching of the scriptures. That's what Jesus taught. May God help us all in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's, having said that, now, what did we say happened in the church? The Bible, sorry, the, the Genesis, he said, he said, he said, I can see angels going back and forth. Angels going back and forth. He said, this is no other than the gates of heaven. Now, how does that link to individuals? How are we connected to that? I will point out something to you which you may not observe. Is that in Acts, let's go to let's first of all go to John chapter 1, verse 51. Jesus said, Verily I tell you, you will see heaven open. And angels of God descending and ascending upon me, upon the Son of Man. Jesus is the body of Christ. Jesus also referring to that same thing. Jesus said, you would see, he said the greatest thing you will see is when you see the Son of Man stand. That's Jesus being the body of Christ. And you see angels going back and forth from his head. That is the bat of the church. What will you say is the bat of the church? People would say Acts of Apostle. That was when the church was born. Do we agree? About Acts Pentecost. That was the part of the church. We are okay. Are we together? Yes. So when you read Acts chapter one, chapter two, sorry, he said the day of Pentecost had come and they were all gathered together in one place. Now Please, on the, let us look at this one. He said, suddenly a sound like a blowing, a, a blowing violent wind came down from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. He said, they, they saw what seemed to be like a tongue of fire that, uh, that separated and came and rested on each one of them. Please, what are the two things you can see there? There was the wind. And there was fire. Does that make sense? 
There was what? The wind and fire. And when people came, it was the sound of that, uh, of that uh, wind that people had and they came there. Let's go on, please. Amen. I want, I want um, Hallelujah. Let's read um, Psalms, please. Psalm 104. Sorry, it was just Psalm 104. Verse that's four. If I have a King James version, please. Because that Makes wings is messengers, flames of fire is ministers. That is New King James, isn't it? Um, now, the Bible, the Bible talks about messengers, it talks about angels. Now, yes, ma'am. Verse 4. Who makes his angel spirit? Who makes his angel spirit? It's, his ministers a flaming fire. He makes them a flaming fire. When you read the when you when you when you see that he, he qualifies angels to have the ministry of the wind and of fire. So when they were coming down, when they stood, and the fire and the wind came down on them, it was a replica of what. Jacob saw, when he saw that, I saw the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Let's go to Hebrews, you see it better. He says, you have it there. He says, in speaking of angels, he says, he makes his angels spirits and his servants flame of fire. When you read, do I have um, another version there? Anybody that has another version, please. Any other and, one? And of the angels, he said, who maketh his angel spirit and his ministers? Now, you see that I will tell you, I think it's an idea that says, who makes his angels wind? And then, and, and then flames of fire. And concerning the angels, he yeah. says, who makes his angels wind? Uh -huh. And his ministering servants flames of fire. God bless you, man. So what, what are we trying to point out is that, when the apostles stood at the upper room, what descended on them was what Jacob saw when he said, this is the gate of heaven, when I see angels going back and forth. And on that day at the upper room, when the wind and fire descended on human beings, God was consecrating the human body as a tabernacle. So they now became the gates of heaven. They now became the people that once they impact a place, they bring heaven into that community. Does this make sense? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 1, I think verse 14. He says, he says, are all these angels, we were talking about angels in verse 7, are all, are, are, are are not all angels ministering, ministering spirits sent to serve those who are inheritors of salvation? Who are those that are inheritors of salvation? People who have given their life to Christ. So that is why the Bible is not wrong when it says your body is the temple of God. Because as you stand, angels are going up and down. Does this make sense? As you stand in an environment, as you stand in a place, angels are going up and down. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. So the apostles so that was why when Jesus sent them, when he sent the first set, he called them apostles, which are, which are called the sent ones. 
You see, in the Roman Empire, again, apostle is not a word from heaven. It was the word, it was the way that the, the Roman empires, when they control, overtake a place, when they want to overtake a place, after they've done the military ground or whatever it is, they send an apostle that will go there and form a government in that area. And when they form a government in that area, they bring teachers in who will begin to teach people how the Romans behave. Though they were not in Rome, they acted like Romans. So when Jesus was saying, you are now my apostles, he was saying, I am sending you out. Go and, over, go and, go and take charge of that environment. Begin to teach them. Turn that place to heaven. And at times it's challenging to see what the church and the body of Christ has become. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So I would, let's just see a couple of things. You even saw Paul. The Bible says that people took his apron. Why? Because he was connected to heaven. People took his apron. And when they took that apron, they used it. Evil spirits were going out. I hope I don't bust the bubble. That apron is not a lady. I'm not against the lady, but don't say that apron is not a Because I've seen somebody teach it and say apron is a lady. That's not what the Bible says. That apron was because Peter was, sorry, Paul was a carpenter. He used to make roof. So you know when somebody goes to work and they put tools in their apron and they climb them, um, they, see, it's on both sides because the handkerchief of um, of Paul that they took and was healing the sick, we are turned into mantle. But what I'm trying to say is that that handkerchief was just what, you know when somebody is, is on the roof and you are, of course, you are talking about Israel, it is in, in the heat is so much, so they use that handkerchief to cover their hair, head. That's what he was using before. And when he sweats, he used it to wipe his face. And maybe somebody now saw that thing and took it and took it out and it began to heal the sick. What is that for me? If I'm a nurse. And somebody picks something that belongs to me. We should enter that place and he will speak be wrong. That was what his apron was. His apron was a walk too. It wasn't something that he was wearing to anywhere. He did it. That's what they called Paul was a tent maker. And if you check history, Paul was a bald man. So bald did I mean? Bald. 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 So because of that heat, Paul will always have those handkerchiefs for himself. And when he finished walking, he just cleans up himself, puts it somewhere, and somebody picks it up, and people became healed. So it wasn't, I appreciate when we pray over things, it is good. But these guys were living in a consciousness that when they entered a place, it doesn't matter if they were, if they had prepared prayer before they came. But I've been in an event where somebody was told to pray and he said, he's already laughing, we come from the same place, amen. He said, we have not prepared, I've not prepared prayer today. I've not prepared New dinner, dinner. Oh God, God have mercy. Please, what the Bible forbids is for you to is for me and you to think those people were greater than us because the Bible says the glory of the latter shall surpass that of the former. Except Jesus was lying when Jesus said you will do greater works than I've done. 
So don't say that, hey, you know, are those ones, that is not what the Bible says. That is not what I believe, because that's not what the Bible teaches. Jesus taught, and Jesus saw people and said, see the works that I am doing now, you will do even greater than what I have done. So if, I understand if I'm still trying to be better than what Jesus has told me to do, it's important, but it is, it is wrong for me to open my mouth and say, that was Jesus, I'm, I'm different. It is lack of understanding of what the scripture is. Because Jesus never did anything on heart according to the Bible as the Son of God. Because if Jesus acted as the Son of God, he would not say to you, you would do greater than he has done. Because you cannot do greater than him as Son of God. That's why the Bible says he forsook his own nature and he took upon the nature of a human being. That was why when he died, he, he waited on God to come and raise him up. He could not raise himself up. That's why the Bible says, in the spirit that raised Christ from the dead. So Jesus did not raise, up, raise himself up from the dead. He had to wait for somebody, the Holy Spirit, to come and raise him up. That's what the Bible says. Why? Because he was in the form of a human being. And he did all those. So it is wrong for her now to now read all those things and say, ah, that is Jesus. Somebody will say that, you know, um, I, my mother is Sherifa. My mother is not Mary. So don't, 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 don't compare me to Jesus. Our mothers are different. <laughs> God help us in Jesus' name. So that was what this man saw. They understood that wherever they went to, the heavens was hoping over them, and angels were, were going up and down. They understood that there is a community of believers, but they so also understand that as they step out of that place, nothing has changed. They used to teach us, or it was part of the teaching in the CNS fold, they would say, Babala Drokin Bosho Kotosun. What does that word say? <laughs> Basically, what it means is that anytime you wake him up, no matter where he is, he's ready to stand up. Those were the things they were trying to pass to us. It didn't necessarily mean that he did not. <laughs> but he It just means that he's always available, no matter when you call him. I've been someone, someone called, um, uh, what, they were, it was on Facebook Messenger. And the guy called Thomas Hart, hopefully, if God permits, we might have him around next year. And Thomas Hart was talking to the person. And then he said, I have a serious problem. He said, what happened? He said, um, he said, um, I think, I think somebody was, was, was having severe pains. And they were, it was, it was something that was, Life threatening, and that guy just was. I said, Please send my my they've been they're rushing this person to the hospital. Can you pray uh, or can you find time to pray? He said, What is the problem? He said, This person is sick, and he said, In the name of Jesus, the person is healed. Check what is happening. And the person said, He's gone. He said, I said, But you did. He said, No, he said, You need to get to a point where you know you are on the move. There are times whereby, and I, I, I'm not perfect, but I try to train myself. We, no matter who calls me to talk to me, while you are talking to me, the first thing, as you say, I want to see you. Heaven is my weakness. The first thing I will say, God, what do you want me to say? Because I would not, some people say I take life too seriously, but I'm just saying. And I want us to get to that point when we are beginning to see life in that way. See, these things were so important to them that when the apostles left the place, the Bible talks about a woman called Lydia. She died. And what did they do? They took that woman and they took her to the upper room and they laid her there. 
Why? Because people knew that, you know, it be, where the apostles were gathering, the place of prayer, it, once a dead person comes into that place, they should get out alive. Those heritage are still there. See, the people even say it, if you don't aim, if you aim for the sky, you get the roof. But if you aim for the roof, you get the foundation. If you aim for foundation, you get underground. <laughs> that is why I, I take time, at times, to read, research. I was talking to the church, I said, there are books, there is a white man, I've forgotten his name now, who did a research on CNS in Nigeria. The book has been in, you get it in LSE. A big voluminous book. So he's not even biased. He's not biased. He went there and he saw proof. What am I trying to say is that in those days, when people do a riya, when they bring the dead person there, they put the dead person in their midst. And the dead person stands up and was, I'm not talking about Bible, I'm talking about documented research. Except the Bible is wrong when Jesus said, only one day will not be looking back and expect that it is a failure of a father to think that he will be the best in his own generation. I say people, when I tell people about marriage, I said, don't marry the best woman in the color of your <laughs> If you marry a woman now, <laughs> and this is the best she can be that you are married now, this is the best of her life now, you are in trouble. Because after, so that means that from the peak, you can only go down. <laughs> but if you marry a woman that is good, and you can also marry a future, see what she can become. When I first of all, I, I was telling people, I, I told her, see, when I, one of the first questions I was asking myself when I met Hannah is that, can this person raise my children? It wasn't, oh, but you see, all those ones. <laughs> that is why, you know, when people see good things, they can only go down. Because they wake up and say, who's this person? <laughs> marry somebody that you can, you can marry for the future. You know, some useless boys that are my friends, they tell you that, you know, Try to go and see a grandmother's picture before you marry That's what you will see. Yes, I'm trying to say so. If you can see the grandmother, I see the grandmother is okay. So you can now reverse, rewind back, and. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to say. Amen. Hallelujah. It just, it just will be crazy. God has delivered every one of us. Amen. Amen. This is my girlfriend. She said, ah. Don't worry. No, there are some statistics that says in every three person that is one ugly person. We don't use Every three persons you find one ugly one. So I don't know if it is true. If you believe that, and you look to your side, and the other person, this person is beautiful, you look to the other side, that person is beautiful. Look at you, everybody is beautiful, everybody is beautiful. There's something is. It can only be one outside, that's statistics. If you are three people sitting, this person is beautiful, this person is beautiful, then you just keep quiet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, these guys, that was the way they were moving. They believed that heaven was hoping over them. It wasn't a, it wasn't bold face. You know that people that have bold face. But they were bold in the spirit. I've seen cases where somebody did something. 
kind of dots, maybe use some voodoo or whatever the case is. And the person I was working with just put that person and said, Mom, you're mad already. I was like, what's going on? He said, no, let's go, let's go. The person came back and the person apologized and said, I'm sorry. See, you don't have to scream. That was a, please don't do that again. He knows who he's talking to. The person that knows, they know themselves, so there's no problem. I we together. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know when we don't have impact again? Um, Ryan Bonke said something. He said, and this is a, a white man, a very powerful man of God. He said, when the Holy Spirit is missing in the church, the less the Holy Spirit, the more biscuits and cookies you need to, and tea you need to be provided to supplement the level of the Holy Spirit. Because people need something. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus. Yeah. So you had, in this case, they found a place and they placed are there. Acts chapter 9, verse 37. When you go to Second, Second Kings also, when the woman, when the woman that housed Elijah, the Bible says when a child died, when did she go and put that child? The bed where Elijah was sleeping. Please, before you say that is Elijah, the Bible says Elijah is a human being like you. Everything the Bible always says, you always want to bring it down so that you have no excuse. We are in a new location. And God is expecting us to impact our environment. We're speaking to a pastor, a white pastor, and we're talking to him about that we're moving things like it's a school. And he has a very light church now, and he said, he said, that is good. <clears throat> and he said, he shared his ideas with us. And he said, the, ch the school where we also started, he said, when we started, because the church began to grow, we had to move. Then the headmaster called us. And he said, excuse me, please don't move your entire school in this UK. He said, why? He said, we found a better place. He said, even if it is just choir rehearsals or Bible study, just leave it there. And the man said, out of curiosity, said, what exactly are you saying? He says, because since your school came into our school, the statistics shows that the records of the school academically has improved. The number of children dying, their stab or whatever it is, has gone down. He said, the teachers called my attention to it. I said, since these people started coming here, see what has changed in our school. Please make sure that they don't go. If it's only just to come on a day and sing, because they, we cannot explain it, but we can see the statistics prove it, that since the day they came here, there had been a change in the school. So we are too, we are too scared that if these people leave, things may go back in this same country. And we're saying, God is not the respecter of persons. Need to go there and make that school beg you to wait. Because angels are going back and forth. We are not, there are things that we should be expecting would happen in the life of this school, in the life of this environment. That's why God said to us that in the first three Sundays, I want you to take a street or whatever around the environment, walk down that street and pray on that land. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. 
That is what God has brought you and her here to do. To bring his kingdom on earth. And may God grant us grace to achieve that which he says. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.